0: There's a ripple effect to our faithfulness. And, you know, a little ripple hopefully will eventually turn into a tidal wave.
1: Welcome to another
2: episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber, and I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you
0: will seize the faith.
1: Well, we're here uh, live on Facebook with uh, the Reverend Dr. Aaron Rock. Uh, and we are very glad to have him graciously give us this time to just, to ask him some questions to connect with him. Uh, We've been thankful uh, to connect with him uh, over this, this short time. Jeez, it's only been it feels like it's been forever. I don't know how you feel about this. Oh yeah,
0: I feel like a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <It feels laughs> like it's been,
1: uh, but but getting to know um, everybody up in Canada has, has been absolutely awesome. Uh, so we are we are thankful to have you here. Uh, representing the oh so many pastors that we have come to know and love. Uh Jacob Rayom, Dr. Boot, James, James Coates, Tim Stevens. So um throwing some strong biblical Christian game up there
0: in yeah, the Great White you. North. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we appreciate what you guys uh you guys are doing and we're enjoying the t-shirts. We get lots of uh lots of applause for those. So thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't have mine on tonight, but it's kind of a similar color.
1: Yeah, no, you're matching great. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> uh, we, we were we were just glad to be able to do something a little uh, bold and out there. That was the whole idea—to wear a message on your shirt that would make people say "huh" and have to ask a question.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from what from what from everything we've heard, lots of people are asking lots of questions. So it's mission awesome. accomplished. Yeah. Yes. And additionally, we never ever ever thought <laughs> no, it would be did. in Canada. <laughs> We're like, oh, we'll make some uh, t-shirts and sell them to our friends. And then our friends weren't buying them, and they were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> send them to Canada. <laughs> That's exactly what we did.
1: Yeah. We came up with the idea, and they were like, what, what 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 we should do this for something? And then it was like literally there they they sent Pastor James Go to prison and it was like
2: this is what it's for. Okay,
1: this is this is what we're using this for <laughs> right now. This is happening. Uh, well, so yeah, I can tell was,
0: you I can tell you too. Uh I can tell you a lot of hearts were warmed by those images of the little girl, maybe there was two of them. I can't remember, but they were selling the lemonade, you know, yeah. trying to raise some money or whatnot. That was, that was pretty cool. We, yep. that's uh, a, it that was, was a real blessing just to witness that.
1: Yeah, there was, there's two, one of the, um, one of the families from church, uh, little, little Mick, little McKinley was, did a, uh, a yard sale. And then my daughter also did a lemonade stand. We don't, uh, nice. at Miss Your Day Church, we don't mess around. <laughs> we don't mess around. <laughs> good stuff legacy biblical legacy that's the whole idea um well i mean we should we get started at some point
2: yeah i think we're good
1: oh okay well then then we we will roll so we had uh, we love listening to leadership now um and we knew that as soon as you had the topic you'd be able to bat any question we could possibly ask you out of the park because
0: yeah thank you i've uh, yeah i'm I'm interested in what the questions are but um you know when you're (laughs) when you're in this battle all the time i mean there's not a lot of new questions, but, um, you know, there's a lot going on. There is a lot to process. And uh, every podcast, every sermon, every lesson, every conversation, we, we hope will just be used of by the Lord to bring uh, truth uh, to combat the lies and then light into the darkness. So, we, you know, we're praying that this time together, even tonight, will serve that purpose as well.
2: Yeah, Amen. And uh, we, we might even have some questions in here thrown from your own congregation. So you, got, oh. you really got to watch out because they're going to hold you accountable, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may have, we may have, we may have, we may know a few
1: from, from oh, the interesting. Bible, Bible <laughs> spirit and said, uh, yeah. what, do you,
2: what would you like to hear
1: uh, the Reverend Doctor answer on, on the internet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, so on. having given you the, uh, the topic, we, uh, we have questions that we will not even get to tonight, but we have a bunch of questions. And so okay. we thought we'd just uh, start off slow. Um, what exactly is your take on the Nephilim and uh, also the counsel of God in the Old Testament? Go ahead. <laughs> your thoughts. Just
0: the kidding. Nephilim, that was... <laughs> Genesis chapter 6, are the sons of Seth? Are they oh, angelic no. human hybrids?
1: <laughs> of course, we just we knew you'd rattle off an answer. Because literally, no, any question. No such thing is... <laughs> <heard well. laughs> that is not what we're talking about tonight. Um, I thought maybe just briefly because what we, what our hope was, I I think we probably have. Look, you're on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. You're, you're in the, the big time down here in the States as far as rowdy Christian media goes. But we have like, we have different listeners because we're different people. (laughs) We're just, we're a little weird. We're even, we're probably, possibly even weirder than Toby and Gabe and Chocolate Knox. Possibly. So what, a little bit about yourself, you and, and what you do uh, at Harvest, uh, Harvest and what you're doing with uh, the Ezra Institute uh, would be awesome for, for our listeners.
0: Sure. Well, I've, uh, I've always had a curious mind. So I've done a lot of different things over the years. My wife tells me I have too many interests, but uh, I'm uh, married. I've been married for 26 years to Susie and we have five children. As of next month, three of them will be married. They all married young 20 21 and then we have yeah, two at same home same. two at home so uh, there's five in total they all love the lord they're all serving the lord we're thankful for them three boys and two girls awesome i've been um pastoring this church for 20 years and i was the planter so uh, I, was, I was 28 years old 20 years ago and we planted the church with, with my wife and i and three kids at the time and um we've had some ups and downs, highs and lows, as every church does, but um the Lord's blessed us and we were running around a thousand people or so, which mm-hmm. probably isn't very big by American standards, but it's a significant ministry in Canada. Um I um did a couple degrees here, a couple degrees in the US. So did a lot of schooling in pastoral ministry, theology, et cetera. And um the Ezra Institute. So I've I have served in denominational leadership in the past. We're not in a denominational church now, but I did do that. I've served as a college prof, seminary prof, part-time. And um, one of the ministries here that Dr. Joe Boot, who many of you know, runs is called the Ezra Institute. So he's invited me to serve as a, a fellow for church leadership. So, um, you know, I, I spend my life serving in the church and we've planted churches and we have a large staff. So at this point in my life, while I'm really not looking for any more drama or work, it is um, it is a blessing, you know, to steward your gifts and your experiences out into the broader world. So, I do spend a little bit of time trying to encourage and mentor and build up other pastors, and that's been a been a blessing. Um, Amen. So that's my story in brief. Uh, obviously, I should probably go right back. It started off with a, a conversion. I was I was converted to Christ when I was young boy it was actually kind of a dramatic event but i've been you know walking with the lord he's been walking with me for for a little over 40 years now wow. praise god
1: 40 years walking with the lord and 20 years serving at the same church at the same church i should i should point out which is sadly i feel like something that doesn't always happen anymore um that's
0: here nor yeah nor well <laughs> yeah well you know what longevity in ministry is a blessing and uh, we all know, we all know the grass isn't greener on either side of the fence. But for me, because I'm the church planting pastor, I also have to take responsibility for, uh, you know, any of the challenges that I experience in the church. So it is, um, you know, when you have a, a high degree of investment in a church and you've you've spent the prime years of your life in that, you really grow to love the people. And I, I do believe that the, I do feel the people at my church are my spiritual family and my family and. It's a blessing to serve them. They're, they're just, they're absolutely incredible, stellar warriors for Christ. And um, we're so, we're, Susie and I are both so blessed to be able to serve. Susie also serves, by the way, as a, a women's life director and counselor at the church. She's, uh, once the kids sort of grew up, she she went back into ministry and uh, is, a, is a wonderful woman to be married to.
1: Yep. There's always a, a good godly woman sometimes having to kick us in the butt and sometimes we'll, you know, just... <laughs> Hey, I don't think you should do that that way.
0: <laughs> this is the way I want to do yeah, it. Yeah, I get I get a little bit of that. Yeah, she's also much more likable, which is helpful. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, is I tell people if you, gonna... I tell people if you don't like me, it could be your fault, could be my fault, but if you don't like my wife, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's your fault. Your fault.
1: That's correct. <laughs> that is that is absolutely correct. For, uh, I, I sent I, I relate to that sentiment very well. The 20 years in ministry is amazing, I just it, for some reason the call has become such a just career um in the church and so i watch a pastor go to a church and be at a church for three years and then they try to make the next jump to a church in a different state or county or country that is bigger and better and more than and i feel like it's become such a career and i think i think uh, in the scripture it's much more geocentric the call and because it's called it's called to a body uh, but that's just me. So I don't see it here nor there. I'm, I'm glad to hear you've been ministering at 20 years at the same place. Cause that is, that's excellent. That's what builds the spiritual family into the, the, fam- the familial part of that. For sure. Yeah.
2: We call that church Inc church incorporated, that business, <laughs> that business that model, business model of church, <laughs> That business model. That's just so I
1: started, prevalent. I started as a worship leader and then I moved to a youth pastor then I moved to an assistant pastor and then I moved to an assistant worship, uh, director. And then I moved to the head pastor.
0: Another. Well, you know, I, 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 have, I have a suspicion that that mindset is part of the reason why many pastors are not prepared to stand up against the current affairs that are taking place, because they really view themselves more as employees of the church, and it may not be politically correct or vocationally advantageous to push back against some of the challenges, but one of the things that uh, the Lord stirred in my heart many years ago is to steward my ministry with a cup tan, not a closed fist. And there's a difference to that. I'm not, I'm not the owner, I'm the steward. And when the owner gives me an order, I need to obey the owner. But if we view ministry as our our baby, it's, it belongs to us and we have to hold on to it at all costs. Not only is it incredibly stressful to pastor under those kinds of circumstances, but our, our people, eventually they catch on. And they they uh, they just stop following us. So it's really important for us to you know see ourselves as under shepherds and as also part of the church body that we serve.
2: Yeah, definitely. We need to be under shepherds, not hirelings. Right. I mean, there's, there's exactly there is a, a distinct biblical category for exactly the type of person that you described and that, that we were mm-hmm. talking about um, that so aggravates us. <laughs> <And that's, laughs> that is a hireling. And there's there's harsh judgment there. Um, mm-hmm. Harsh judgment indeed. Um, so transitioning, uh, a little bit to, to some of the questions that we have here. So, Speaking
1: of pastoring at, so, at a church. Yeah.
2: So, um, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to see if you could just briefly outline, um, what some of the challenges have been at harvest Windsor. now there... let me
1: do the Nephilim question.
2: No, we already did the Nephilim question. Oh, no, question. I already did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, he, he, he tackled that handily. <laughs> uh, so what are some of the challenges, uh, at harvest Windsor um, coming from the government over the past year, if you could, Briefly chronicle, uh, just for the listeners. Exactly, oh, look, what- we, I,
1: we we listen to leadership now. Okay, we know that you know every date that everything oh, yeah. has happened. <laughs> all right, so it's all we- a blur. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you have filed it just nearly immaculately in your brain, which is amazing. I love hearing you rattle off every incident that's happened at harvest and then every incident that that's happened at grace, Light, every, every incident, every time a, an official has violated his own rule. I love hearing you <laughs> at this date, this year, and this time, and they were at this place and I'm like, this is guy, how's this guy remembering all this stuff? Uh, <laughs> Well, what, well this, yeah, I, I, I forget,
0: I forget, I forget much more than I than I can ever remember. But um, yeah, I guess when it's painful, you tend to remember it a little bit more. Yeah. And um, yeah, so last year, last March, they locked us out of our church, like locked down our our province. And uh, we're in the province of Ontario. If you're in the U.S., just to give you a little bit of an idea, uh, Ontario is is kind of like the size of the landmass from Michigan to the southern tip of Texas. So it's a huge province but most people live in the south the southern tip about 15 16 million people live in Ontario so they it's the largest most populous populated province in the country of Canada and our capital city is here Ottawa so we were we were told to stay out of our church because there's this um, horrendous virus coming that's just gonna you know wipe out 100 200 whatever thousand people in our province so we all sort of fled for cover. You know, it's almost like someone announcing the Germans are going to bomb your city. You better get into the basement. It was, it was that kind of a, that kind of drama. Um, I was concerned about it very quickly. And um, the short story is I I wrote a letter a couple weeks in because I realized that the two weeks to flatten the curve was turning into a very long day age sort of approach to interpreting Two weeks, I mean, it you know, a month, two months. So um, (laughs) Joe Boot and I actually partnered up and worked on a letter. We had a meeting with our premier's office, um, lawyers, and we were able to negotiate the reopening of churches in our own province. Not across the country because every province is sort of running their own show. Um, So we were able to reopen our churches in June after about a two, two and a half month shutdown. And um, at that point, we realized that we were experiencing a major cultural crisis, a spiritual crisis. So all last summer, we were having meetings, we were running different campaigns, we wrote a document called the Niagara 2020 Declaration, which basically asserts Christ's absolute supremacy over culture, over the church. Um, we, we reminded the, the state in this document that it does not have comprehensive authority over all spheres of life that statism and statism is idolatry to th- suggest that the king the queen the prime minister the president whoever's ruling your country has authority over your marriage your children's education your church your health your property it might seem normal to a lot of people in the west but it's 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 not biblical and it's it's not reflective of how Uh, The Bible establishes spheres of authority, and it's certainly a a new idea in Western civilization, uh, especially in countries that are, you know, republics or democracies of some sort. Um, So moving into the fall, we were, this is, I would say, when um, we started to hear a lot of the stories of the hypocrisy of government leaders who are telling us to stay home and stay safe, flying to the Caribbean, visiting their cottages, doing whatever they wanted. Boy, and we really, had a, uh, we had a share of that, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And, and sort of making a, almost a lifestyle at a lockdown. So we went into a second lockdown last, just before Christmas of 2020. And uh, I and my elders uh, said, "No, we're not. We're not locking the doors." So we we remained open. And there had been a couple churches out west that had received some fines, but I think I was the first pastor in Canada. Best as I can tell, to be to be fined, to be charged.
1: Now is that personally, we, or is that you as the leader of the organization? Do
0: they literally find uh, you personally. They find me personally. So the the um, the tickets, the summons, as they call them, are are written out to to Aaron Rock. Oh. So I'm liable for them. Although, yeah, I, I mean, I took them on behalf of the church, essentially. But um, and I have several of those now. But um, do you yeah, so they them? basically threatened to, uh, to to lock us out of, of the building. And so we had to um, move into the parking lot. So we went through all that drama. Coming into the new year, we were free for a little bit. But then they locked us down again. And we resisted again. And they came again and fined us, find me. And at that point, I sort of heard through my, my contacts that they were going to really come down hard. They were going to charge some of the police officers in my church who were attending under the Police Services Act. They were going to ticket my people. Uh, you know, there was discussions about some sort of a very dramatic, very public spectacle. So we, uh, we made alternative arrangements. And um, um, because I have several outstanding court cases ahead of me, I, I, I may not describe definitively what those arrangements were but i can tell you this we continue to honor the lord in in alternative venues amen um so then we came out of that lockdown and um you know now the big thing here in canada is coerced vaccinations so the notion is like if you're vaccinated your vaccination doesn't work unless i'm vaccinated so kind of weird weird science but there's a lot of coercion there's a lot of pressure now for vaccinations we're still under mask mandates in ontario uh we're still under physical distancing mandates in ontario there's quarantines in place if you travel so i'm planning on speaking in the states in february or in, uh, in september and uh, I'll have to quarantine for a couple of weeks when I get back. So there's, there's lots of that kind of stuff. There's discussions of a fourth lockdown. So it's, it's pretty crazy. So that's just sort of the overview. I can talk about what God is doing and all of that, but that's sort of an overview of events.
1: So our, our interaction with Canada, I mean, up until the past six months, which is yeah. over the past six months. Now I feel like I, I feel like I practically live in Canada. I've talked <laughs> to people in Canada so much on social media, which is so, which is awesome. We love it. Um, one of the few interactions that I'd ever really even heard of from Canada was uh, our father um, was an elder. He was elder at a previous church for 15 years. And during that time he linked up with um, our, our pastor who did most of the, the biblical counseling and he uh, was very deeply connected with word of life. So the only connection we had with Canada is that pastor, my father had gone to word of life Bible Institute in oh, Canada. I don't know. It was, somewhere in Canada. So I don't know if you've ever heard of word of life. Probably. Um,
0: yeah. There's, I think there was one or there is one up near Owen sound, which is about that's
2: exactly. Those where words was. sound familiar. That's yeah. exactly where it was. Um, yeah. That's
0: about four hours North of me. Yeah.
1: And so one of the things he was, he had related uh, to us uh, as he was seeing what was happening in Canada was just the story about how, when he went there to interact the, the other pastor who had done ministry in Canada before through word of life Bible Institute um just to, to let him know that the, the culture in, in the Christian church in Canada is much more um, liberal is that. And, and so what we've heard now is that and what we have found out as we've seen how few people interact with us. Well, a lot of people interact with us, but how, how they all seem to only be from a few churches and they all seem to know each other. <laughs> it feels like that, the, you said there was a, a big cultural shift uh, during the during the COVID push, and I'm wondering: Do you feel like the church that has has maybe been more liberal, the cult- a culture that is liberal in itself was already there? They just used this fear and situation to hasten their practical output their their boots on the ground, so to speak in in the cultural shift.
0: Well, I would say that. Um, Canada as a whole has a more liberal culture. In terms of churches, we would have all of the same kinds of churches that you would have, but in smaller numbers. And then there are unique Canadian cultural aspects to those churches. So for example, in Canada, typically, we're we're a less aggressive people than Americans in terms of the way that we speak or in in terms of the way that we interact politically
1: you're nicer Um, you can say it it's all right we understand you're nicer well I
0: yeah Yeah. I I actually have experienced this (laughs) I'm probably not like that in fact funny story I was with um, a fella just a few weeks ago from Brazil and he he heard me preach and then he said are you are you Canadian and I said yeah he says like were you born in Canada (laughs) And he said, and I said, yeah. And he's like, Oh, I I've never heard Canadians preach like that. So, but regardless,
1: well, you, you are um, pretty, you're pretty fire up
0: there when you're preaching.
1: So <laughs> praise the Lord for that. He, he was right. so that
0: man was right. So the a lot of the guys, by the way, that um, you, you mentioned about knowing each other. So some of us knew each other before, but like, I never knew James Coates. I never knew Tim Stevens. I mean, they're, you know, they're a six hour plane flight from here that the opposite end of the country, but when, when there's so few churches standing up, maybe, you know, there's probably a dozen or 15, I would say, in the whole country that are sort of known to be standing up. And then there are, you know, dozens and dozens of other churches that we've discovered, smaller ones that have sort of flown under the radar or haven't been picked on for whatever reason. So you do get to know. You know, we have we have lots of chat groups set up, so we're, we're pretty connected now with one another from coast to coast. We've had some meetings and some get-togethers, and we're trying to encourage each other. But Absolutely. to give you some perspective, uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that less than a fraction of 1% of the churches in Canada have openly resisted the lockdowns or the suspension of Christian ministry in the country. So that's a pretty big thing. Group to push back against, and within yeah. that group, that ninety nine point nine percent group, which has come to think a bit about the same survival rate Sur for COVID, yeah. Oh, so man. within within it that group, there. <laughs> within that group, there there are also maybe twelve or fifteen that. Are very aggressive toward us, so they're the the bloggers, they're the 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 Gospel Coalition guys. Last um,
1: week on Carpe Fide Podcast, the, the, the block, denominational guys
0: do, yeah, the denominational leaders that have told their churches you 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 cannot you cannot open, you cannot resist. So that's that's created some tension because some of those guys have you know historically have been friends as well or colleagues or people that you're sort of in the same tribe with. So it is it is difficult. Uh, Canada is. Our government is extremely progressive. I don't even like that word because I would say they're digressive, but that progressive liberal leaning to the left, saturated with socialism, a high degree of idolatry toward the medical system, not very interested in freedom. That's part of the ethos of our country. And that's always kind of been there, but it's really reared its ugly head. And there's a lot of opportunists that are taking full advantage of the circumstances right now.
2: Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see Canada on the podium uh, in the Olympics for any of those shooting competitions.
0: <laughs> I, heard,
2: I heard it was all the U.S. that won all those.
0: <laughs> well, we do have um, many of us hunt. Many yeah, of us okay. hunt, right. but sure. um,
2: that's true. In story.
0: terms of like you know, in terms of handguns or just the average person carrying guns, yeah, that's that that doesn't happen here.
2: So transitioning from the <laughs> it doesn't happen in New Jersey. Either. I don't want to not in New Jersey. Yeah. We'll talk about it here, <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> So Murphy, you spoke of the cultural shift, but were there any broader warning signs uh, prior to COVID actually hitting? Were there any prior warning signs that the government was rover reaching into the Canadian church at all? Did you say rover reaching? Rover reaching, Maggie? (laughs) 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 No, uh, overreaching. Um, Was was the government trying to get its hands into the church even prior to COVID? yes
0: there so, so there were suspicions. so we have a a liberal government right now it's a liberal minority which means they are still vulnerable because the other parties could gang up on them but they won't it's more parliamentary so we have a,
1: is that correct it's a of a that's the parliament
0: party. yeah so it's the parliament so the way it works is there's people are elected from different regions and the the one with the most the party with the most votes their leader becomes the prime minister they're all members of parliament he's the prime minister and he has to so put
1: together a coalition more or less correct
0: that's how that works um he yeah well he doesn't need need a coalition right now because the rest of the parties support him because it's in their best interest to, right. to do so for various political reasons but that's yeah. justin trudeau and uh, justin trudeau is probably the most left-leaning prime minister in canadian history in fact he is um he's um you know he's got lots of life left in him. I think he's only a couple years older than I am. His father was a very very liberal prime minister in the seventies uh, and kind of into the eighties, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. So he's um, he was basically elected because of his name, and uh, he he's an he's an extremely left leaning ideologue. So he's he is huge into promoting the LGBTQ agenda. Um, he has. Um, he's introduced a whole bunch of bills into parliament, into law that are, some of them have passed. Some of them are sort of going through the Senate. Some of them are delayed. So there's a bill that he wants to um, control free speech, free speech in the country. He wants to introduce hate crime legislation. If I preach against the LGBTQ lifestyle,
1: any sin, so
0: pretty much any sin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if someone wants to live a fairy tale, uh, and a man wants to pretend he's a woman, or a woman wants to pretend she's a man, I'm supposed to accept that. I'm supposed to accept that fairy tale. But if someone were to say, well, Christianity a fairy tale, that's not hate speech, that's allowed. So there's a, there's a double standard in that. And then he just pushed through um, what's called the medical assistance in, suicide, uh, in dying bill, which is basically euthanasia. So that's legal in our country. And now he wants to censor the internet. And, you know, all these... I was going to say fool. Good luck. Um, (laughs) All these individuals who think that they're going to permanently have church on the internet are going to have a problem, unless they're all compromised and they're preaching, um, to get their message out. So those things are are really on the forefront now. So just to think of it this way, the prime minister says, I'm going to let all the premiers, so the leaders of the provinces, do all the locking down and do, do all the vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to kind of stand back. And while you guys are distracted by this, I'm going to start just rolling out almost every month, these ideologically driven bills. And because people are so distracted, you know, terrified of dying from the virus, th- these things are just sort of rolling through parliament. So there was rumblings of that before, but now it's bad. Mm. Universal income, which is just socialistic communism, yeah. These are these are the kinds of things. So the uh, faithful churches of course will speak out against that. And so we we you know we have we're not we're not fearful, but we are concerned about the implications of those for our ministry and the ministry of other faithful churches. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. I I don't think I mean I don't think you're fearful because you know what you're going to do uh to glorify God anyway. You've you've been bold and clear about this is this about the way in which we worship God and that's how he has called us to in his word he he dictates how we worship him so I I find that that makes an it makes it it doesn't doesn't erase it doesn't erase fear his love erases the fear in many ways sure. but it changes the concern that you would normally have because it gives mm-hmm. you solid truth and objective source to say no this is what God has called me to do come hell or high water this is what God has called me to do
2: yeah it simplifies
0: yeah so what complexity. yeah so the, the concerns I would have relate more to, I don't want to just take God's resources and God's people and just keep turning them over to the state. So we right. try to exercise some discretion there as to how far we go, because sometimes you feel like you're just casting your pearls before swine. Right. And I'm concerned about my people and other people that are vulnerable. And, and one thing I know without question is that the fight we're fighting, unless the Lord returns, is going to bless future generations long after we're forgot. So. What we're standing for—truth and righteousness, and culture, and in the church, and over the family—those battles, even if we don't win them in this lifetime, will bless and benefit future generations, just as we've been blessed by the faithfulness of our forebears. It's true.
1: I think I think you're you're just knocking these questions out of the park. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about we're talking as uh, apparently a little overly aggressive. Uh, perhaps a little more rabble rousing and you know revolting Americans but as you as you sit up there in the great the great white north and you look down do you are there are there any red flags i I've, I think it's like almost a silly question because I feel like they're all the same red flags what do you see as you you sit in Canada for American culture and and the American church um,
0: yeah I I, I th- I'm glad you asked me that. I was kind of hoping you'd ask me something like that because you're welcome. Some, some of our people. So first of all, some of our people are moving to the U S they're, they're, they're gone. They're gone or they're, they're on their way. They're, they're, you know, they're taking Matthew 10 seriously. If they don't accept you in one town, go to the next. So some of them are leaving. I'll, I'll lose about four staff members uh, to the U S in the next, um, within the next year. You will receive um, them gl- gl- gladly. And, you know, it, it crosses your mind, but, I've, I have a lot of friends in the US and I've talked to some of them and who really knows to compare one culture to the next. But most of the guys are telling me, man, I, I don't think we're much more than five, maybe 10 years behind you. So well, in many respects, that prior to the 2020,
2: of, <laughs> the 2020 election, that was prior to the 2020 election,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. You, well, the point is, is, you know, you, our, our culture, you, you have the same issues that we do. You do have some firmer laws that sort of protect you a little bit. And you have that American fighting spirit, which we appreciate. So you, you had to fight for your independence. We inherited it. So we just inherited it from, from England. Canadians have never had to fight for this country. We just kind of moved here and we were protected by the king or the queen or whoever happened to be on the, 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 the throne of England at the time. So we, we are a more passive people. I'm not talking about me, but just in, in general. And we're we're a bit more naive, I would say, a bit more trusting. So Canadians, I think, are, while we have a very high level of education in our country, it's so nuanced that people exit our schooling systems kind of confused. Mm-hmm. I think in the US, it's a bit more black and white. This is right. This is wrong. This is what an American is. This is what an American isn't. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. Canadian mm-hmm. education tends to be, well, let's survey all the views. Let's kind of just make suggestions. So a lot of Canadians are naive to history. We also are an extremely multicultural country, which means many people in our cities didn't even, they weren't even born in Canada. So they're just sort of riding the wave of whatever the government tells them to do. And I would say we've entered into a soft totalitarian period in our nation. And my warning to my American brothers and sisters is do not let that happen in your country. It's happening, but resist it, resist it. You um, covered. <laughs> yeah. So this is not, this is not even, um, this is not about being a conservative Christian, a liberal Christian. It's really not directly about being a Christian or non-Christian. It's about understanding that there is a God who is supreme over all things. And the Christian church was the first free institution in Western civilization and Christian people have historically stood up for things like liberty, individual soul, liberty, liberty of conscience, freedom of religion, freedom from coercion, freedom to defend one's property. We've stood uh, for property rights. These, we, we, we eventually abolished slavery. We've stood against racism. These are the kind of things that historically Christian people, not this, these ideas did not come from Islamic regimes. They, they didn't come from atheistic regimes. They didn't come from Buddhist regi- regimes or Hindu regimes. The freedoms that Western people enjoy, even non-believers, even rank pagans, is a result of the the, the work and ministry of Christian people, and so it's it's a, it's a blessing. And the more Christianity, the more biblical values and God is pushed aside, the more nutty people get. If you notice that, we yes, just kind yes, of lose well, your well, mind. Yes, we right? have right, <laughs> so we we have this idea: well, if if we're if we're more pluralistic, it's going to be better. The more pluralistic we get. Which is another term for idolatrous. The crazier yes, people yes, get, is. the crazier they get. So now the,
1: the, everything you know, becomes subjective. Everything, everything becomes subjective. The 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 further you go down the pluralist rabbit rabbit hole, it's it's just subjective upon, upon subjective upon. There is nothing to root yourself in at all.
0: Yeah. So t- the the two fundamental things, two or three fundamental things for the for American listeners is. When you say God bless America, mean it. You need to mean that. You need to actually affirm the belief in a supreme deity who determines what's right and wrong, who gives and takes life, and who is the source of salvation. That's a theological statement, but it's also a, a, a state, a, just a reality statement. And even pagans benefit from that. Even, even pagans living in a Christianized country benefit from that. That protects them. And out of that, in soul liberty, fight against totalitarianism, fight, fight against, you know, the socialistic agenda, the, con- the, the cultural Marxism, the, the CRT, the social justice stuff, which is all fake justice. You know, it's, 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 it's a twisting of the truth masquerading as light and liberty and freedom but it's a twisting of the truth and it will destroy your country if you let it just like it's, we, it's destroying the one them. thing
1: we can't import to europe you've got the leaders of france and germany and england they're saying wait whoa 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 oh we don't want any of this over here where'd you get this from oh we got it from america no no we don't No, we don't we, no, we taking that like it's the one thing that they're they won't take our our our, our woke critical race theory i don't understand <laughs> we can't right. even give it away <laughs> yeah yeah those are those are solid um. points <laughs> Um, Now,
0: there's, I mean, there's a ton of lessons, right? I mean, we we could talk about the church, but I'm just giving broad culture, broad cultural notions. I think those Uh, are those are.
1: I think what's unfortunate is every one of those, every one of those points is a message that we would preach to the cultural church at large. Not not not, like the cultural church. We call it legacy evangelicalism, (laughs) or or some people call it big Eva, or, or or the we see time and time again, a large denomination is like the Titanic. It's hard to turn. It's hard to turn. It's not built for this. And it's, it's, yeah. it's easily sunk uh, by, by bad, by bad ideas. And and it's also a huge target. And so we see so many churches, big churches. We preach, we pre, even these broad brushstrokes are using, they're in They're They're creeping all up in <laughs> the church in, in, in America. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a constant, it is a constant, Fight to speak clear truth, clear mm-hmm. objective biblical truth uh, against those lies. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. Need more under shepherds, less hirelings. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, Definitely. for sure. So, so you y- you mentioned that we must fight against totalitarianism. We agree. I mean, we are just finishing up "Live Not by Lies" by Rod Dreher. Uh, Great so book. We saw. We saw. Um, we, saw uh, we did Ms. that as a men's group. Yeah, yeah, yeah as a men's group, that. we've been doing that. Uh, we, I I was watching uh, Mrs. Rock some quotes from uh, Edwin Lutzer. Oh, yeah. Uh, if I'm saying, I have no idea if I'm saying that right. Uh, over there on the Facebooks, and uh, that's on my list of things to read. Guy is, f- <laughs> I've heard, every time I've heard him talk, the man
1: is on.
0: Erwin, yeah. Yeah, Erwin yeah, Lutzer. Awesome. Oh, I, um, little plug for Canada. I think he was born here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I, I believe you're correct. I, I think he mentions yeah.
0: that when he speaks as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can have him, uh, because you, you might as well trade him for Celine Dion or Meatloaf or something, because, I mean, <laughs> seriously. He's, 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 he's definitely take, definitely claim him. I like that. Guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so you mentioned that is such an important and important point, but how, what, what is the strategy? What is the strategy there? How would you say, what are some practical points as to how the, uh, the church can actually combat soft authoritarianism or soft totalitarianism?
0: Well, uh, I, maybe a, a sim, might seem overly simplistic, but I think to get to the core of it, these, these ideologies are based on lies. So the way they take hold is you you tell lies. And the way you combat a lie is you tell the truth. So fundamentally, we need to teach our way out of this. We've been lied into it. So we need to teach our way out of it. So this means that in our, our preaching, our podcasts, our writing, our social media use, we just need to be relentless at telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Whether it's popular or not, whether it Gets us court summonses and tickets or fines or jail time. We need to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And this is not something that's going to be fixed in five years. You know, we're, we're probably talking about a century, long after we're gone. This still needs to be fought. We might be able to see. We, we might be able to make some headway in fifteen to twenty-five years. Hopefully, we can. But it's been a long slide into this, and it's going to be a long way out.
1: I mean, I would push back on the timeline a little bit. Uh, how many kids did you say you had? five five and you said they're all married uh three three are married so there's three are married so you have already turned into three family units okay yeah. and by god's grace they too may turn into look we we call it out child bearing out, out yeah. child bearing the libs that's what we call that's it. what we got to do uh so jesse's got five yep. okay, nice. i have three we're, we're, if if the church grabs hold of the the creative mandate and begins to multiply more rapidly Yes. At the same time, we're seeing um, uh, birth rates decline throughout society yeah. everywhere. I mean, as that happens, I can't imagine I, why I'm it's almost pr- as if <laughs>
2: it's almost as if millions a year disappear. I don't know where they go. Well, <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. man, that's rough. It is. So, rough. so um, te- teaching is fundamental. And then um, we know that every every cultural shift that's ever taken place in the West has always started, the a, me, by the way, a vocal minority. <laughs> So
1: yes, yes, yeah.
0: I'm just going to grab my, I know uh, for those of you that are watching just a little FYI, I had some problems with my laptops. I'm on my phone, but now my phone is dying. So I'm just going to grab my charger as we talk here. So I will be disappearing shortly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good. This is like a, a perfect time uh, to say something like, uh, you can go back to listen to any episodes pretty much uh, so much of the stuff that you've already mentioned we've, we've covered in some episodes so we're, we're glad to hear you say things that, that were like oh we talked about the fact that if you know God you will know freedom and if you don't know God you will not know freedom God is essential for the yeah. freedom we talked about that from a, uh, even using the American history the fact that uh, so many historians like to rewrite like 1984 the, even the history of our own country um, when our country had a pretty uh, explicit christian founding uh Mm -hmm. pulling that thread a lot um and and they knew that without the objective source of god there was no there was no hope for freedom Mm -hmm. you you wouldn't have freedom you couldn't use speaking of which you brought up the idea that it's not built on on islamic principles and i just want to say we may have ended the western african slave trade everybody but just to be clear there is no proof that the uh the east african slave trade has ever come to an end okay just as we mentioned, the nation of Islam, I just want to point that out, okay, but yet they seem to be so angry, so angry. at one particular country <laughs> for for these things, and uh, and I'm saying, like, look, we, we pushed back, and it came largely from the church, specifically on that yep. issue.
2: Your turn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your move. <laughs> your move. All right. Um, so, yeah. 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 Great, great reminder. You did that that great a job getting getting your, out you did it, great yeah. job getting your charger. That was so seamless. Oh, nobody even
0: noticed. I don't think people even noticed. I
1: don't think so. I, don't, I
0: didn't. <laughs> I was
1: like, Oh gosh, all right, let's fill some time. Oh, I don't have to. There he is again.
0: <laughs> um, um, maybe one other thing that's worth mentioning is um, one, one lie in particular that has infected the Western church, especially in, um, in North America is the notion that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We, it's, it's fine for the world to fall apart. The gospel is just about getting to heaven. It's just about eternal life. It's, it's just about getting, getting out of hell. Um, and we have no responsibility to influence culture. That's the social gospel, social justice gospel, that kind of thing. That's not true. Christ claims in creation and through the cross, kingship over everything. So Christ is the king of every sphere of life. He's the king of your marriage, your family, your church, your state, your businesses. And God has something to say about how those things operate. So God's word, God's law, God's commandments define those things and set boundaries for how we are to function within those different spheres of life. So what, the, what, what I think a lot of Christians have done is they have failed to uphold God's word in culture, because they're so afraid of people thinking, oh, we're trying to get people to heaven by, by good works. That's not what we're doing at all. We're trying to bless the nations. And we're trying to restrain evil. And we're trying to stand for the supremacy of Christ over everything by preaching the gospel out into education, law, politics, family, medicine. And the reason why so many of these disciplines have been hijacked by secularists, humanists, communists, Marxists, is because the church is disengaged. Mm-hmm. And we, we spend all of our time starting small groups and Sunday schools and discipleship groups. And fog but, machines uh, and light shows and <laughs> Yeah. And Christians have Christians have fled from law, not all, but from education, from politics, from medicine, especially in our country, maybe not so much in yours, but they fled from these things. And we've just turned them over to, um, you know, the lunatics whose minds are futilely confused because they have no understanding of God's word. So if we're going to be a blessing to the nations, we need to bring God's word to bear on all spheres, all aspects of life. Once again, this will bless everybody. Even pagans benefit from that in the here and now.
2: There's no freedom without God. He He would really like something called the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. You'd probably really like those guys.
0: <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of them.
1: <laughs> Let's just say I'm I'm sure that boot fits quite well. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so as you've had to shepherd the body at at harvest through this time, um, and and honestly, um, have you have you seen what has been the biggest difficulty? How have you seen your church grow both wide and deep at the same time? Um, and and where where has Where has those obstacles maybe, you know, shown a deficit that you could grow in and where have those obstacles proved to actually end up being a success?
0: When all this started, uh, you know, none of us had ever lived through anything like this before. And so we have the eternal truths of God's word and our perspectives on life and culture and all that kind of thing. But now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got to apply those to circumstances we've never experienced. So there, there was a, like, a, a I needed a little bit of time to mentally adjust to that. Like, what in the world's going on? How am I supposed to apply these truths to it? But once we got there, I think in hindsight, one of the best decisions we made is I did a four-part teaching series. It was on a Wednesday night for two hours. So a total of eight hours of teaching to the whole congregation. Um, at that time, we're all locked in our home. So it was on uh, Facebook, I think, some sort of an online platform. And we, we dealt with all, all of the a kind ton of these issues. What's the role of the state in, in medicine and uh, the theology of risk and reward and resurrection hope and you know, all these sorts of things. So that really helped our church. Now, we have lost some dear friends and uh, a few folks that left their church, I wasn't super surprised about, but some people that left our church, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. So that there's pain there because you love them, right? So there's, there's pain there. You know, there are big questions about, are we going to survive as a church? Like, are we going to be able to pay our bills? Are we going to, you know, be able to, um, you know, continue to minister to the, to the lost and the sick and whatnot. And so there's been a lot of pain, a lot of pain. I, I can't emphasize that enough, like sleepless nights, a lot of agony, very dark, dark times of despair. But all of that is overshadowed by an amazing movement of God in our church. Our church is, bursting at the seams the people that have remained faithful are 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 more excited than ever before to stand for the supremacy of christ some of them have counted the cost severely at work and the lord has provided for us magnificently in every way so we we're not even we don't even feel like we're close to being to seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel excellent but we but we've been impacted by the light over top of the tunnel so to speak Mm -hmm. You know, God just continues to bless, and and I I think in the last few weeks in particular, I feel like I've almost turned a corner a little bit. Now maybe it's because I'm getting a lot of vitamin D because it's sunny out. I don't know, but <laughs> I fe- I feel like I'm at a point where um, I might even miss this a little bit when it's over. Not the circumstances, but I'm seeing God really winnow and and uh, shape His church, and and that's been a been a real blessing to witness. So we've the the baptism tank's been. Uh, you know, filled up over and over again. Lots of people are getting saved, people are being transformed. And then beyond that, which is super weird to think about, I get people contacting me from like all over the place, uh, far away towns and provinces, telling me how much we've impacted them. It's, it's kind of almost awkward and embarrassing at sometimes how excited they are to pour praise on you. But we just give it back to the Lord. But it's, it's just neat to see how there's a ripple effect to our faithfulness. And you know, a little ripple hopefully will eventually turn into a tidal wave.
1: Yep. Yeah. Amen to that. Absolutely. Amen to that. I feel like, I feel like, did you just
2: tell our story? Is that what you're going to say? No,
1: that's exactly how we
2: feel. I know <laughs> you're right. What you Not just described, this, just, just in our local ministry context. That, oh, absolutely. That's exactly how that's exactly. Absolutely. How we we'll,
1: we'll, we'll get into something on, as stupid, something that we both feel, I think actually that is a little stupid, which is basically social media and we might get into something. Um, and then, and then we'll, we'll look at it and we'll be like, well, that was the dumbest thing to talk about. And, and we had to keep repeating to the same people who are spouting lies. We had to keep repeating the same truths. And what is the point of all this? And then it'll be someone private messages him. I bump into somebody on the street and they just say, oh, Hey, just want to know. I see what you're doing. And I appreciate you taking a stand for the truth. And it's just like time and time again, little thing. that's just locally not to mention the people that have been so gracious on social media for what we feel like is, is nothing we we, we we literally feel like nothing um and that we've been able to be a part <laughs> <That's not wrong. laughs> we've been able to be a part of even even if if anything we've done has been able to encourage any of you guys taking a huge stand i just want to smack yeah. people that try to define their way out of you being persecuted and i'm thinking like <laughs> right okay so I, I don't see your head on the chopping block. Okay, I get it. You're not being drawn and quartered. Uh, no one's been thrown to the lions as of yet that I'm aware of in Canada, so that's good. And I understand that. I was like, but when you you talk about this, when you're when you're when you have the the inequitable application of law, when you even apart from that, it's far more general. When you have the truth being attacked, and those speaking the truth are being. Um, ostracized and othered and unpersoned that is persecution it's hmm. clear and present persecution now you can if you want to start putting levels on persecution first degree persecution second degree persecution that's fine <laughs> but whenever the truth is being belittled that is persecution and you must stand yeah. boldly against that it's just uh oh, it makes not
0: me a, not join in with the culture. so those those that would um those first of all those that would deny persecution are, in, in my view, simply trying to excuse the fact that they've sat on the sidelines through all of this. So those of us that have felt it, like those of us that have, have, been, um, have had people drive by, giving us the finger, who've, who've come at night, and thrown roofing nails in our parking lot, to pop tires, who have had the police surveilling you with cameras from a distance, who've had the police in your property week after week, who have been preaching in their churches, and you see a stir in the back for you and you look up thinking the police are going to come in after you. Who've had police at your house, who've had uh, police at your church, giving you s- summonses for, uh, you know, whether it will happen or not, I don't know. But um, you know, I face up to four hundred thousand dollars of fines and four years in prison. So when when you when you have experienced that, and fundamentally, it's 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 for one simple reason, it's just. I'll make it real simple because Christ is my King and he commands me to gather and minister to my people, period. That's it. That's why I'm doing this. I don't get paid more. Amen. Um, my life more or less is stable. Like I could just take a sabbatical. So that's what we do it for. But mm. I'm actually not particularly interested in defending the fact that there's some persecution going on because that's a horizontal concern. That's correct. I'm more concerned about Christ's, being persecuted, Christ being rejected, people trying to pull Christ off the throne. That's my vertical concern. I'm concerned about culture saying Christ isn't essential. Christ can stay out of the mix. Christ isn't a great healer. Christ doesn't have authority over the state. Christ doesn't have authority over the church. That's what I'm concerned about. And so we do have to be careful in all of this while persecution is unjust, and therefore we should we should speak out against it. Fundamentally, we're not defending ourselves and our rights and our liberties. Fundamentally, we're standing for the absolute supremacy of Christ over ministry and worship. Amen. Everything else is secondary. Standing for small businesses, that's secondary. Standing against persecution, that's secondary. Fundamentally, it's about the lordship of of Jesus Christ. And and that's worth living and dying for.
1: Mm, Amen. 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 We stand on the backs of a lot of, of very strong martyrs. Uh, mm-hmm. have come before us and the fact that i time time and time again we see christian pastors rolling over in the face of some of the most minuscule pushback oh no i got an angry tweet at me because i spoke about yeah. romans one i mean it's like <laughs> who cares yeah so i yeah no 100 percent agree uh mm. with you um i'm trying to look at our questions i want to get the the best
2: ones in i mean I have one that I want to go.
1: Well, ask one.
2: Well, fine. So, um, <laughs> th- this is a this is a a harvest question, and I th- I, think okay. it's a, I think it's a very very good question. It's something that I've I've often pondered. Um, but it's then... not an actual
1: farming question. It's a question that comes from the people of the congregation. Well, he's he, oh, he, he. I know he knows that, that but he he's not the only one well, here. He does
2: cattle and stuff like that? He's probably oh, more, more he than does. oh, certainly farms more than we do. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so. So uh <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> when
1: you did that on your Facebook account when it got canceled, then you just jumped over to your farming account.
2: <laughs> that was so I'm great. like, wait, it's a cow. It's a cow, <laughs> yeah, it actually is. Who is this? Guy? This, is Aaron Rock.
1: <laughs> this is now also Aaron Rock because I was canceled on that. <laughs> I was so yeah.
2: I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Neither here nor there. <laughs> that was next level. So <laughs> so we understand the importance of of resisting these totalitarian um You know aspects of our culture. Um, We know that we need to speak truth against the lies. Um, But what is the balance, or is there a balance between wanting to live a quiet and peaceful life uh, and resisting and speaking out against tyranny? What's what's the balance? How how do we let because because both are both can be argued from scripture. Scripture is quite explicit about about both of those. How do we know which 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 side to walk on in any given scenario? Mm-hmm. Think it's even possible to answer such a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we have some examples in scripture. Jesus didn't spend every single day in a public verbal debate with the Pharisees. Um, he was traveling, he was discipling his disciples, he was healing the sick, he was visiting people in their affliction, he was preaching unobstructed. Same with the Apostle Paul. We tend to like highlight his imprisonments and his persecution. But, you know, much of his life, much of our lives are lived in the, in the mundane, in the normal. Um, you know, we're also called the Sabbath keep. So there, there must, we're not called to do ministry seven days a week. We also right. have to allow God to minister to us and, and set aside time to worship him. So there's, there's time for that. But, so th- there, there needs to be a balance, but it seems to me that the, uh, we don't really have a problem on the one side, we don't really have a problem with people doing too much to influence culture in life, and not taking enough time to live a quiet and peaceful life. I think it's the opposite problem. Mm-hmm. So say that. back in the 19 yep. back in the 1970s, you know, maybe people were laying a little too low, they were allowed to lay low, because things were different. But when you're in a t- when you're in a time of crisis, as much as we all want to sort of run and flee to our cottages or the boreal forests or some remote island in the Caribbean. When, when the war is raging around us and it is, and people's lives are being destroyed. It's not time to be quiet and it's not time to be peaceful. It's time to fight. It's time to speak truth to the lies. It's time to push back. So
1: although it does look easy living like, like the Amish, they don't seem to have any problems.
0: You know they've that's taken same. a beating up here. Yeah, the the, the the some of the conservative Mennonites of the, the Amish stripe, the Altknish, the Old Colony, others, they've taken a a, a real beating. Are these um, the colonial
1: churches that you had mentioned in your in the Leadership Now podcast that have recently been? Or I don't know if that's the right term. You said they had been recently.
0: Yeah. So I was mentioning. Well. Um, yeah, there's a there's a group called the Old Colony, which is not okay. Amish, but it's it's Mennonites. It's Low German. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they've been um, fined and ticketed and harassed, you know, and and essentially without saying it, accused of being stupid, you know, uneducated there, a lot of these people are brilliant. And, um, you know, behind the scenes, we often have, you know, little jokes. They 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 know exactly what's going on. Um, But they don't agree with it. So they push back and then the officials show up and, you know, think they speak broken English or something like that and it them, find them and whatnot, but they're, they're a group that's taken a, a beating and all of this. And then up around the Waterloo St. Jacob's area, there's different Mennonite Amish groups that have, um, you know, taken some, some beatings for their desire to stay open. Hmm. And, um, you know, mo- a lot of these churches, they've had COVID sw- sweep through it. They all have heard of unity now. So they don't really care, but, um, um, yeah so the, the, that's one of the circumstances mm-hmm. going on here
1: yeah mm-hmm. i would say that just to make a connection to fight Left, feast and then back to canon press i believe uh <laughs> on the uh blog and may blog podcast which is uh doug wilson's uh reading of his many and numerous blogs that doug wilson writes um he actually spoke about this living quiet and peaceably on his most recent one and he was he was mentioning quite clearly that we had been given, we have been given, we had been given quiet, peaceable lives in the suburbs and we had been given houses and yards and neighbors and it didn't matter. We sat on our laurels anyway. We, we, mm. we had people right next to us that we saw every Saturday and Sunday, every night, every afternoon, cutting our lawns outside with barbecues every time. And we didn't, so we still didn't speak. You know, mm. We were given the quiet, peaceable life and we didn't do what God had commanded, which is the same thing it commands now, which is to yeah. get up and speak the truth. We just we, yeah. we could have done it then, but we, we didn't, and that's not true because I think a lot of a lot of Christians have been, um, and, but but I think it becomes more stark in these kind of circumstances. Think well, think of it as think of it obvious. as maybe
0: an maybe an analogy would be raising kids. We're not disciplining our kids and having those hard conversations every single day of the week. That's exhausting, right. but we have to have those in order to have those days and weeks and months yeah. of peace and quiet. And so we, we do want peace and quiet. We're, we're not, we're not rebels without a cause here. Uh, we're not looking for conflict. We're not looking for a fight. I, I would love to retire, just kind of fade into the woodwork.
1: Homer Simpson in but, the
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but when, um, you know, when there's a war to be fought and there's so few on the battlefield, you know, you feel compelled to maybe fight a little harder. Yep. Um, yeah. Amen.
1: One of the thoughts uh, we've been having, uh, this is this this is our second to last question, right? We're almost done here. The good good Dr. Reverend's like, what's wrong with these Americans? It's like time for to go to sleep. (laughs) How important is it for the church to be agile in these times? So uh, to not be, um, I I, I don't want to say this right, but overly cumbersome so that they can Um, they can face adequately the present and coming seasons, uh, current seasons of of pushback or coming seasons of of pushback. How can how can we how can we how important is it to be agile and how can we be an agile church, a lean church for Christ?
0: Well, the Lord is going to give each church a different stewardship, so it depends a little bit on the size and breadth of your ministry, and it's not better or worse it's that we have different stewardships so a smaller church can be more agile for example if they're kicked out of their building but a larger church can have more cultural clout they're going to be they're going to be listened to more they're going to have more resources um they're going to be paid attention to a little bit more so there's there's pluses and minuses to the size of the church but what i I was talking to a bunch of pastors at the other end of the province this week and we're just kind of talking about some practical things. And I said, you know, it's, it's critical that your church is able to function collectively and then that you also, you know, can divide up your church into small groups and then into flocks. So the way we do it is everyone's in a small group, you know, eight to 12 adults, then those four or five of those groups are under a flock elder and there's 14 of those in the church. And then, you know, we have our, our, our corporate services. So if we get booted out of our building, we then download our ministry and our communications to our flocks. And if those were compromised, we download that to our small groups, we can continue to do ministry. It is impeded, because the problem with underground church experiences is that you suddenly you're you're cut off from so much of your public ministry, like how do you you can just invite your neighbor, in. like you got to sort of vet them. You got to kind of go through some processes. This is literally um,
1: Russia. What are we talking about here?
0: It's crazy. You know, back in back in the earlier two thousands, I I did two trips to China, and I I I spent some time. Um, you know, if there's any communist leaders listening, I may or may not have spent some time training uh, underground church pastors there, and having spent some time there. And now fast forward 15 plus years, here we are. It is very, very similar, very similar in terms of how they operate. Um, The funny thing is people are, ah, the church isn't a building. Yeah, I know it's a gathering. There's something called winter. There's something called rain. You generally put people in a shelter. We happen to use churches for that. We're just as happy to use a barn or warehouse. The church isn't a building, but we need a building. What are you talking about? In order to meet. Um, Actually, in
1: Canada, here it's cold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the thing of it is, is this this poo pooing of church structures and poo pooing of large churches, oh, they're all compromised. Look, the Chinese church, uh, I was going to say they would kill for it. They wouldn't because they're Christians, but <laughs> they're, they almost would kill for what we have. And yet we, yeah. we have it, and we tend to treat it very tritely. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the the blessing of being able to gather tens or hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people indoors in the wintertime, in a, in a, in a hot, humid day, in a rainstorm, to worship the risen Christ. We, we, we would be complete morons just to want to just give that up with this lame old line. Well, the church is in the building. I know it's not the building, but we have to gather we have to worship and celebrate the Lord's Supper and baptize people. That's right. It is a physical so, gathering, yeah. Yeah, it's a physical gathering of people. So um, I'm not sure how we got on that. What was the original question? I don't know,
1: but it was great. That was fire. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> even matter at this point. We were just talking about how oh. how can the church be agile. It, it's great because oh, yes. you, you, you led us right to the idea that it doesn't matter the size of the church. It matters how your church is basically. How, so structuring it out.
0: Have you organized it well? Yeah. Structuring it out downloading communication systems, not just relying upon mass emails. Each church has to figure that out. We do all our mass communication through our flock leaders now. So there's 14 different ways of communicating or 18 different ways of communicating. Um, because we, we don't trust the government. We don't trust the state. And um, what we won't do, Can't imagine it's, <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't relinquish our stewardship to minister to people So we've had a little bit of time now. We have some structures in place. They're dangerous structures. And what I mean by that is um, they're not completely safe from the state coming after us, but it's the best we can do. And, you know, when when godly people have to meet under the cover of darkness or in non-traditional places, there is a sense which the Spirit of God really does manifest himself because you realize man i'm counting the cost here i really am counting the cost like this could lead to some some jail time or serious fine or yeah that kind of thing and so there's there's a blessing in that and i think it's a huge blessing for our our little children will not will not forget this even if it blows over they will not forget the fact that their mothers and fathers aunts and uncles grandparents took a stand for christ they'll remember those days when we Mm. you know we may or may not have been meeting in barns and schools and office structures and warehouses and backyards and on and on and on, they'll remember that. And that will influence them more than probably any sermon on persecution that they might experience.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, it, uh, just in our regular family rhythms of life and, and as, as we're talking about, uh, about our friends uh, in Canada going to jail and, and facing fines and it's like my little six-year-old boy says, but why would their government do that? That's not what governments are supposed to do. Why would they do that? And it's like, <laughs> it, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the the children that are there with you in these churches um, with these parents going there and being literally participating in a risk, it, it will make them stronger. It, it will grow them because they have a perspective that that, I'll, I'll just say us who who don't who haven't lived through something like that before. They have a perspective, even at a young age, that we we've never had right up, and, up until up until, you know, as, as we're facing it. And, and it, it will it will speak volumes. It will help them stand up taller and faster and stronger than than the slow reaction time that we're seeing now, at least in America, as far as as far as people be, getting courage and standing up. Um, I, I really and, and that's what that's why we say we got a child bear out child bear the libs because raising strong children. I mean, when Psalms talks about uh, children as arrows in the hands of a warrior, you you sharpen arrows, you you straighten the shafts, you you quill them, and then you fire them into the chest of your enemies. That's that's what you do <laughs> with arrows. And yeah, exactly, and and that's exactly the type of children that we want to raise. Uh, and and I think that you're right, and the people I've talked to would would echo the exact same sentiment that their children, as hard as it is to have to have these conversations, it, it, they are growing in leaps and bounds in ways that we've never been stretched. So I, I agree, it's so true. Amen. And it's it's amazing. It is a beautiful thing to their watch. Their
1: capacity to understand these things has been incredible on to watch as well, um, and to have you guys be an example. Uh, so you know. So my kids are excited when they hear, you know, that we're going to have, we're going to have, you know, Pastor Rock on, and we're going to talk with him. Uh, (laughs) They're excited to ask questions uh, about the stand that, that you and your, your close fighting allies, your, your Christian warriors that are standing with you, uh, how, how they're doing, what's, what's going on. uh, Is everybody out of jail? You know, that kind of repeated question, because they're young and they're (laughs) not quite so up on the news. So it's been, it's, um. It's been awesome to watch their capacity to grab a hold of that, to understand freedom and truth uh, coming together in the scripture has been awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you for standing uh, boldly in that way.
2: And and our children know that if anything like this happens here, that their daddies are going to go to jail and that they're going to have to they're going to have to stand and be strong. And and I'm thankful
1: for a church that I think it's next man up at this point. That they, they all know it. Yeah. It's next says, man up. If, mm-hmm. that, if that were so to thankful. happen here, next man up. Mm hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: but but it's it's amazing to have examples in in Western society. Um, we we've met so many great men and women taking stands up there, like yourself, and we're so thankful um, to have you on it and chat with you again. We've chatted with you before, but it's it's just it's always always a blessing and such an encouragement to us.
0: Well, I must say too that um, what you're doing uh, as Americans matters. It it does affect our people. Um, you know, you are a bigger country or a world superpower. Uh, Canadians know a lot about American politics, and they pay attention to a lot of American preachers, and they're 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 curious about American culture. So, when um, I think it was one of your was it one of your senators or congressmen uh, wrote a letter suggesting that Canada should be put on like the religious. Um, persecution Tim, Tim watch Scott? list what was his name
2: Tim Scott was it was it Tim Scott or Tom Cotton it was one of them I think it was Tim Scott I, think,
0: I think that sounds familiar like that's a that's a great thing like, Canadian politicians will will pay attention to that and so we, we so do appreciate to the, advocate. To, the, to the Canadian embassy
1: in Washington DC and protest <laughs> we could not figure out how to get not that we knew anybody that would do it but we wanted to <laughs> right to the Washington well, DC right to the Canadian embassy and just start protesting
0: yeah you just got to drive around and look for a poutine truck and then the, <laughs> you know the, uh, the embassy was pretty close to that oh my gosh
2: <laughs> oh, man. oh no but uh it, yeah it, that's that, great we get protest and poutine it's great, it's great. It's great.
0: <laughs> sounds like a good day
2: it really
1: <laughs> sure does uh <laughs> well i mean for 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 all that we we can we we are we are we support and and share and like and push and on any of any of that that wonderfully encouraging stuff um and just give us till the midterms here uh we're going to try to write the ship at the 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 Good. question simply is is the ship we're going to be listing so far it's it's going down or not right. in in just yeah. a short time i think some of our <clears throat> some of our leaders uh are are seeing the cards uh, so to speak, down here, and the the cards are saying you don't have any time. So they're trying to ram everything they possibly can fit in now because nothing they're doing is really working, and it's not going to redound well at the ballot box, uh, so to speak. So um, give us give us a little bit. We'll we'll get pushing. We'll make. We'll we'll, we'll as far as I'm concerned. I would make my whole county a sanctuary county for any any pa- persecuted Christians in Canada that want to come. <laughs> if we're, was it in my power, we would welcome you all with open arms. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate
0: that.
2: It was Senator Josh yeah. Hawley. By the Josh way. Hawley, as I would say, it's I was not wrong. Tim.
1: That wasn't Tim. Sc- Josh Tim Hawley. Tim Scott
2: Stop it. delivered that fire address. Tim Scott's on awesome that night that Biden was no, trying to kudos. Get in as Tim well. Scott's awesome.
1: Mm. Um, <laughs> we. So a common question to all, to politicians and presidents is this, and it's, a, this is, we saved the softball question for, for the end. Uh, for okay. some reason, the media, which likes to, uh, f- you know, spew praise on politicians for some reason, they always ask this stupid question. So we wanted to ask and end our interviews with this. And it's an easy question. Okay. What is the Reverend Dr. Aaron rocks favorite ice cream? <laughs>
0: have you heard of moose tracks
1: oh yeah peanut butter cups <laughs> you know, it Ripple, swirls. Be, it would be
0: moose tracks well, you know what sense. i i actually enjoy um a variety we we have, we have a little cottage up in northern ontario and there's a little um a general store there called duck rock That's and they have some pretty they have some pretty rock and ice cream so we we mix it up every once in a while just to gross the kids out i'll throw like a scoop of rum and raisin on the top
2: Oh, very nice.
0: They almost like they almost vomit, but oh, that's, I, I, I think it's delicious. pretty cool. It wrong? is
2: really delicious. As I've gotten older, I've grown to it's an acquired Your
0: taste buds change. taste a- buds change. Eggs. So.
2: They mature.
1: Like a fine wine. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. So, um, is there so any... my,
0: Go ahead. my wife, um my wife was laughing. My wife comes from a Mennonite background and uh I love Mennonite culture. So whenever I meet someone with a Mennonite last name, I'm always like, oh. Are you related to my wife, and you know, I try to throw a few German words around. So she said to me the other day, She's like, I, I realize you have two weaknesses. I'm like, What do you mean? She's like, Ice cream and Mennonites. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's great!
1: That's
0: so I do like that's a, ice cream. that's a good one, you know.
1: I feel like Mennonites, especially Mennonites in Canada, would be really good at ice cream too. I feel like that's something they could make happen really well. <laughs> uh, we love our Amish markets down here. Everything they make is absolutely
2: amazing. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. For sure. <laughs> for sure.
1: So, but is there is there a way that we as Americans can be assisting you in any tangible ways? Uh, I get very, very, there's a, I think the Italian phrase would be agita that builds up in me when you begin to mention the amount of fines and jail time you face personally, and that is multiplied across the Canadian border for the... I, for the few churches that are taking bold stands.
0: Right. Yeah. So, and that varies province to province. Like what we've seen in Alberta, Alberta tends to give out smaller fines, but then they throw you in jail quicker. So Mm, Tim Stevens Stevens and James Coates are, you know, they're in the same province. So their method is we're going to throw you in jail here. It's huge fines and we're going to lock you out of your building. So every province sort of has its own, own approach but um yeah there's you know jacob rayome as you know um henry Hildebrand, um our church churches from all different stripes that wouldn't even normally associate from right. all different doctrinal persuasions uh you know have taken a beating and so have small business some small business owners too which you know, we we've we've tried to stand up for um Small business owners, but so a few things. Obviously, prayer. prayers, is super important. Praying for us, um, listening to our warnings, I think is really important because, I guess, like, I don't, I don't want to suffer, but if I can suffer for your benefit, that's worth it to me.
1: Please don't suffer if for our a, benefit.
0: No, don't if suffer. As for, a result,
1: <laughs> suffer for Jesus' if as benefit. <laughs>
0: yeah as if as a result of like the the things that have, are going on in Canada, that serves as a warning to my American brothers or people in other countries yeah. that's that's valuable like we've remember growing up we'd learned a lot of story we'd hear these incredible testimonies of people in communist Romania yes who you know had taken a uh paid a serious price for their faith and that like galvanized us so I don't want to suggest that my suffering is any anything close to theirs because it's not but uh, to listen to those warnings i think is 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 super important and then um you know using your political means we're always writing to our mayors our provincial representatives our federal representatives and the more you guys get the word out the more you tweet about it the more you kind of bring it into the public eye the more chances there are of politicians in the U S kind of looking North and saying, okay, just a second here, this is, this is not acceptable and put pressure for them to put pressure on Justin Trudeau or our, our premier Doug Ford or Jason Kenney in Alberta, it, it makes a difference. Um, so those are some things. And then, yeah, just, just the encouragement, uh, you know, we all want to be encouraged. You know, sometimes you're by yourself thinking, am I, am I the only one? Like what's going on around here? So knowing that you guys are with us, um, you know, developing that relationship, hopefully at some point I'll be able to meet you down there in person. That that's a blessing that goes a long way. We are, we're, we're, you know, incarnated, tangible, vulnerable human beings. And to know that we're loved and people are praying for us and advocating for us makes a big difference, even if they can't fix our problems.
1: Check that one off. Uh, cause I have, I have a couple kids that like to pray for you guys on the daily. So <laughs> we got you covered down here. Wonderful. wonderful. Um, we, I was, we, we were told in the chat to ask you about your dance moves. Is this something that you, uh, do you have some dance moves? Is that, is that a true thing? Well,
0: yeah, but I think my battery's dying. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that where you go? Uh, k- the signal. K- break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What,
0: what you're cutting out on me. <laughs> Well, I I may or may not have a um, uh, a chicken dance oh. that uh, I'm I'm kind of famous for. Oh man! Um, so you know, it's at some point. Uh, I, I think it's it's out there on the internet someplace.
1: Okay. Well, I would assume that's a second yeah. podcast kind of a thing, like a yeah, second yeah. Day yeah. kind of a thing. You don't do that to first yeah. podcast. That's not it's
0: a good it's it's pretty pretty legendary, hmm. but um, I, I'm definitely gonna have to Google it. That. it might. <laughs> That 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 okay. that might get me kicked out of the church, actually. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be pretty good because it, it, it won you a uh, wonderful man and a woman. Uh, must be one <laughs> heck of a chicken dance. So I hear that's what they are You know what? I, I'm I'm going to end that joke before it goes anywhere. Anywhere. It should just landed. let it go nowhere. <laughs> I'm let that fly away. Fly away joke. <laughs> this has been uh, a beautiful time uh, to spend Thank with you. you, and I'm so thankful for your stand and and for your ministry to us uh to to push us to take seriously the truth of god's word to stand boldly in the freedom of christ um so thank you uh, thank you for your time and your ministry uh, to the
0: church as, as a whole well i've enjoyed being on and um yeah i i really appreciate the, the time and energy on this friday night put into to uh meeting with me and uh hopefully it'll be a blessing to to many folks
1: I think it will be it was definitely edifying to me uh, and uh, I'm I'm thankful for for this opportunity. Uh there is uh one thing that we like to say at the end of every one of our podcasts. Uh so I officially should should at some point sign off and if this hasn't been a podcast uh that this phrase is not perfect for uh, then I don't know what is. Uh, if you've been listening tonight then you should have been very much uh encouraged to seize the faith.